Welcome to Spiritual Living in a Chaotic World, where we journey together to discover the love of God in all circumstances of life. Welcome to Spiritual Living in a Chaotic World. My name is Pastor Dave Tucker. I'm going to introduce you to a very special new co-host in just a moment. I just want to let you know we're doing something different with this podcast. We are moving our sermons to another server, and we are going to be doing something completely new and different with spiritual living in a chaotic world. We're going to have interviews. We're going to be talking about how to live a spiritual life in this crazy world, this third rock from the sun. Uh, how, how do we find peace in the chaos of this world? So we'll, we'll be doing a lot more talking about and discussing and, and actually engaging our listener, you, our listener, into a lot of these conversations as well. So with me today is our new co-host. She's the pastor of First Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Denton. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce, introduce yourself to our listener and uh, tell us, uh, you know, who you are, where you come from, and all that good stuff. My name is Dusty. It's not short for anything. It is not a nickname. It's Dusty. A lot of people ask that. That's one of the first things people like to talk about when they meet me for the first time. I um, am a Missouri native who has landed in Texas by the grace of God um, and uh, came here by way of Kentucky, spent 13 years in Kentucky. The first six years I was there, I was a sports writer for a newspaper in Paducah, Kentucky, and uh, covered high school sports, dirt track, auto racing, and my um, main beat was Murray State University Athletics, where I covered men's basketball and football especially. Um, you may have heard of the men's basketball team. They've had some pretty amazing seasons, including a 23-0 start back in 2011-2012 that people um, love to talk about. And so I was able to cover a lot of NCAA tournaments and travel with the teams and um, have some really great memories and experiences um, from my time as a sports writer. But um, God finally gave me the green light to enter ministry and in 2013, in the fall, I um, transitioned into youth ministry at New Hope Cumberland Presbyterian in Paducah and also started working at the county library part-time, and I did that for the next seven years, and in that time also went to Memphis Theological Seminary where I completed my Master of Divinity degree. Very cool. You've got a lot of, uh, <laughs> sounds like my story, just kind of yeah, I took these detours to get to ministry. Yeah, I was called to ministry when I was 16, 17 years old. Um, I'm a lifelong Cumberland Presbyterian, actually a fifth-generation Cumberland Presbyterian. We figured that out recently hmm. and um, went, grew up going to church camps and the Cumberland Presbyterian Youth Conference, and it was there that I, I felt the call to ministry, but it wasn't uh, until, you know, the last six, seven years that God really said, okay— you know, you're ready for this, and, and I'm going to equip you and go with you from here. Great. Yeah, well, very excited to have you be part of this podcast. And uh, so just for the record, this podcast is our podcast. It's, uh, you know, it's something that we're doing together. And so it's uh, equally what you're doing as much as it is what, what I'm doing. And we may mention our churches, and, and, and yet uh, 
it's always within context so it's not uh it's not the battle of the churches <laughs> so to speak so. not at all and keep in mind too that dave is the mastermind of technology um, I'm just here to make him look and sound good. So, now, listen, you put uh, that kit together in your office by yourself, and I'm pretty impressed with that. Well, I'm a baby techie, so, uh, but I, I'm not the mastermind. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you know, in Star Wars terms, I am the yeah, Padawan let's, learner. So let's you talk about, <clears throat> let's talk about your obsession with Star Wars. Let's not call it an obsession because that sounds unhealthy. I feel like I have <laughs> okay. a very healthy fandom and respect of the Star Wars universe. And and I think that uh, I think that's another podcast because uh, we're we've been talking about doing a podcast on movies and and pop culture and things that uh, speak to us theologically. And I think that there's a lot of good stuff there in in the Star Wars universe, huh? Oh, yeah, that's definitely its own podcast. But you could wrap up, you know, science fiction into that as well. Um, you know, there's something about the deep space that I think uh, trips our, our fancies as Christians and as people who look to a, a spiritual being as as the, you know, founder, creator of the universe. So I think that, uh, you know, even the sci-fi genre itself could be, you know, its own own show absolutely I, I think uh i think that's i think you would be accurate in that so we have a lot to cover we got uh special guests today the hobson family delight and kenneth and we're looking forward to our visit with them uh nate sugart and i talked to talk to them uh previously and it felt like it was more of an, an introduction as to who they are and so now you want to hear more stories about what they're doing there in Uganda. And so this is going to be a great uh, podcast. Yeah, I'm excited. I was able to listen to that podcast and learned a lot about their life and their ministry. They're certainly um, amazing missionaries and um, have done so much good work and certainly always glad to have conversations with people in the field. So Delight and Kenneth, thank you so much for joining us again for a second time. The first time it felt like we were just getting to know you and and uh, this time I wanted us to uh, hear more about what God is doing there in Uganda. I wanted to start out um I I misunderstood and I apologize to you and our listening audience uh, on this misunderstanding about your daughter and the cobra. So could you could you start out with that story? Sure. Um, I don't know how Emily was. She was three. Emily was three. We were in Tanzania. It was on the side of our house. There were we had a gathering that day at our house. It's Fourth of July. Oh, it's Fourth of July. So in in Tanzania, obviously they did not celebrate the Fourth of July. So we had some Americans over at our house, and I don't know if we were cooking out or whatever we were doing, but there was some kind of little bushy area on the side and we were just talking and and uh Emily had a little friend named Kareth and they were walking around and doing things and then all of a sudden I was talking with someone and Emily just walked up and kind of either pulled my leg or touched me or something I looked down and she said daddy there's a snake over there and then it just really didn't register at first and I said what'd you say she said there's a snake over there just like she was talking about the weather. And I said, where? And then so she right over there. So we walked over and and there were a bunch of dried leaves under these kind of bushes. And I was looking, looking, looking. 
and, uh, and she had walked right where the snake was, and it was a cobra. <sighs> and it was a, not a big cobra, but a cobra is a cobra. <laughs> in, in Swahili, they say nyoka ni nyoka, which uh-huh. means a snake is a snake, which basically means just kill it. <laughs> so, so when I saw the snake, um, I couldn't believe it at first. And I said, somebody get me a, get me something. And I think they grabbed me a hoe or something. And, and, uh, long story short, the snake didn't live very much longer after that. But, but, uh, when I realized the danger of that snake, really almost literally up to crawled up to her where she was standing and where Kareth was standing and it could have ended in a much different way. Oh yeah. And I had, well, that, that next furlough, I sometimes, if I told that story, I would, I would ask someone, I don't know if you were the one who was praying for my daughter, mm. but uh, someone was because of where it could have ended very differently where we lived it was very close to the lake and we had a lot of snakes in that area and quite a few cobras through the years we were there uh but none ever bit us <laughs> that's good and, and we did kind of mention that in the last podcast about uh, one of the biggest things that people can do or our listeners can do is is keep you in their prayers and uh yeah, we, 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 we may never uh, on this side of heaven, know exactly uh, how these prayers were answered, um, but they are. Yes, they are. Amen and amen. Yeah. Dusty, do you have any questions? Not to put you on the spot or anything, but uh... yeah, um, I was a an audience member for your last podcast, so I'm tickled to now be a co-host and have an opportunity to ask questions. Um, one thing I was interested in learning, um, I know you all talked about language lessons and learning the language to go to a different country and, um, you know, to speak to people, but what other, um, cultural assimilation have you had to, uh, take into account moving to a different country and interacting with the people who have, you know, a vastly different culture, um, than what's found in the American West? Wow. We actually didn't have a lot of training. (laughs) Um, Back then, I mean, in 1997, there wasn't a whole lot of training facilities or anything like that. So it was kind of a, um, here, you're going here, and someone will meet you on the other side. And um, the situation that we had, um, a lot of our missionaries with our sending agency, World Gospel Mission, lived 10 hours away. And so we didn't have our you know, our, our mission colleagues or our mission family there to meet us. So um, when we arrived in Tanzania, um, we were met by this, this dear missionary with Africa Inland Mission, and he had this really old um, the land, cruiser. land cruiser, but I mean, the thing must have been 50 years old. Yeah, I don't know. It was old. <laughs> and um it, it didn't have air conditioning and the roads were not paved. And so there we were just sitting in the back of this vehicle and the dust was just flying. And we arrived at the bishop's office and we had to go meet the bishop first. And um, so he, 
you know, he, he gave us a welcome with warm Fanta Cola, Fanta soda. And, um, you know, this was, this was just our first welcome. So after, I don't know, an hour meeting with the Bishop, we went and he took us on to the next place and we thought it was going to be our house. And he pulls up and he says, this isn't your house. Your house is further down that way. And so this was the missionary's house and we were supposed to eat lunch with this missionary and they fed us Indian beef curry, which we had never had before. And so, and I mean, powerful punch curry. And <laughs> we love curry now. We love it now, but it was, we had never heard of it and we had never eaten it. And it was, it was very interesting. And then finally, uh, they took us to our house and we walked in there and they said, by the way, we've got like 20 minutes before you're supposed to be at the print shop that Kenneth was going to be working in. And they're welcoming you with a party. So we drug our two and a half year old and our six month old to this party at the print shop that we had no idea anything. And um, we proceeded to have goat and uh, this rice pilau is what they call it. And all kinds of things that we had, again, never eaten. And we were not hungry. We had just eaten the, the Indian food. And um, then we had this big feast. And so, I mean, the first day that we were there, we were not, we were not forewarned or, <laughs> or even nothing, no pre preparation whatsoever. Um, and then, I mean, it was just a, a really difficult time because uh, we had to, we had to learn how to boil water and put it through a water purification system. Um, water wasn't on during the day. And so we would plug the bathtub at night and we would, most of the time the water wasn't actually on. Um, so Kenneth would, we would plug the bathtub at night and Kenneth would fill the bathtub. And in the middle of the night, the water would come on for a while. And then he would bucket that water into barrels in our house. And uh, we had a wringer washer. And, and um, that's how I used, what I used to wash clothes. And the electricity wasn't on most of the time. So the wringer washer didn't work if the electricity wasn't on anyway. And um, so one day we, we went into town and we were so excited because we found apples. We, we never dreamed we'd be able to find apples in Africa. And um, so we found apples and then we walked into the kitchen and there was just water and sorry to say blood all over the floor in the kitchen. Our refrigerator, which was a little bit bigger than an apartment size refrigerator or a dorm size refrigerator, <laughs> it, was, it was tiny. Um, the electricity had been off and so everything melted. And so these were our first days in Tanzania and um, Actually, it was, it, we were there a couple of weeks, maybe, and one of the missionaries on the compound, who had been there since the 1960s, so well before I was even born, <laughs> yeah. and he, he said, see that cloud on the lake? We lived on Lake Victoria, which is the second largest freshwater lake in the world. It's he, huge. It's, it's huge. like an ocean. It's unbelievable. He said, see that cloud on the lake? And we, and Kenneth, it was Kenneth that he was talking to, and he mm -hmm. said, yes. He it says, was like the, the lake maybe like five miles away it was like looked like the lake was burning but of like course smoke it's water it can't yeah. burn but it was like smoke coming out of the hmm. lake he said those are lake flies and they'll be here about oh eight o'clock tonight and uh, you don't want to have any lights on when those come in and because they will be in the house with you if 
Yeah. Oh. They're, they're tiny, tiny, <laughs> so tiny they, they can go through the little squares of the screen. Yeah. So we didn't have electricity anyway, so we just went to bed. And all four of us were sleeping in a king-size bed at this time with a, with a queen-size mosquito net stretched over the king-size bed. And it didn't matter who needed to get out. We weren't getting out. <laughs> so, you know, those were our first days in um, introduction into Tanzania. And so um, the people were wonderful. They were, yeah. they were welcoming. They, you know, all of that. I mean, Africans are in general are very, very welcoming people. Um, they are thrilled that we have come and, and, you know, they, they all were excited to see us come in. Um, but those cultural things we were not really prepared for. So, <laughs> so you, last time you told us about lizards that were falling. Oh, yeah, there were, so between yeah, the yeah, lizards yeah, and yeah. the flies, so, the swarms of flies and, oh yeah, there's a cobra here or there. Uh, sounds like you're living in the land of the Exodus. <laughs> Kenneth, do you have a rod, uh, Delight? Do you have a tambourine? Are you playing the role of Miriam? You're going to part the water there. Yeah, that's, that's, I can't imagine that. Yeah. It was a, it was a very real and difficult first eight months. Um, very difficult, like cultural experiences. Yeah. And even to just learn how to count to 10. I thought my mouth is never going to be able to make those words. There's just no way. And now it just kind of rolls off your, you know, yeah. you just say it. And so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of differences and there's some things that no one can prepare you for. Even if you have all of the education in the world and all of the training in the world, there's just some things that you're never going to be, pre be prepared for. So give, give me, give us an example. What, what was something that could have never prepared you? Well, I mean, for one, for one thing, like at the, the printing uh, ministry that I worked at, there were about 20, between 25 and 30 employees there. Um, there was another missionary uh, also, our next door neighbors who were close to retirement at that age, at that, that point, but we were brand new missionaries. And so the other ones were just all Tanzanians and most of them did not speak English. So about five of them did. And so going into a place where you're trying to communicate with uh, people who don't understand you and you don't, don't understand them is, is shocking and, and uh, difficult and, but, but it, but it, in a way, it was really good for me, too, because I wanted to learn Swahili, and it forced me, for the people who could speak English, for uh, to learn English. But so, so I wasn't prepared for that. No one said anything about they're not going to know English. Um, so um, that was just one thing for me. When we, when we were, I think our first or second day there, somebody came and knocked on our door, and his name was Malaki, or we would say Malachi. And Malaki spoke very good English. He said, "Hey, I'm your neighbor. I, I live English well. Book English well. <laughs> we and, uh, joke about that all the time." <laughs> and so he said, "I live right there behind you, uh, and behind me." And I said, "Okay, good." And 
and he was just talking to me and saying, do you know any Swahili? And I said, no, I don't know any Swahili. And he said, well, you know how to say the word no? I said, no. And he said, hapana. That's how you say no, hapana. And I said, oh, okay, hapana. He said, yes. And how, do you, you know how to say yes? I said, no. I, said, <laughs> I should have said hapana. <laughs> and, and he said, ndio. And I said, what? He said, ndio. That's how you say yes. I'm giving you a Swahili lesson. And and uh and just knowing all even all of our neighbors, one of one of our neighbors was a was the bishop of the church there, which was Africa Inland Church AIC. And we learned some things the very hard way with uh, living next to a bishop and and uh there I think one of the main things that is the huge, huge difference in between American culture and East African culture is relationships are the top, top, most important thing in their lives. Mm. So anything and everything draw uh, um, zeros in on relationships. So as an example, they will either born again Christian and they want to have a relationship with you, a friendship with you. And so that circum set the right word circumvents mm -hmm. other priorities even right and wrong even lying and truth so in order to keep a relationship with you they will born again christian lie to you so that it doesn't affect the relationship mm -hmm. and so we learn things like that the hard way we learn things about priorities if you show anger even you know slight like, you know, <clears throat> Americans, it's very natural. You get upset about something or whatever. Some people are worse than others or better than others. And But if you showed anger at that, it was the equivalent of adultery to them. Wow. It was the most worst sin you could commit is to be angry. And so these things like that, we sometimes learned, wow the hard way possessions nothing's your yours it's not your radio it's i'm with this radio hmm. i'm with this car you don't say my car you say i'm with this car because it's not your car it's just a car that you were with <laughs> lots of funny things so our our boys started out with a whole ice cream like a gallon ice cream bucket of of cars yeah. you know like hot wheels hot wheels cars. cars and i think after about two months they had three yeah <laughs> because they weren't our cars they were just cars we were with so they can take them because we have more than they do and they need that car so it, it wasn't stealing to them i think two things for me um Obviously, in, in, their, in their mind and in their concept of missionaries, if you're our missionary and you're from the West, then you have to be medical-minded of some sort. So this old man was walking on the street and one of the Highline wires, which Actually, are not- it wasn't a street, it was really a dirt path. Or dirt path, well, it was supposed <laughs> to be a street. And the Highline wires or electrical wires are not insulated, yeah. okay? So- lot of uh, wire broke hit the ground sparks flew yeah they were flying. this is big electrical wire that would kill someone 
the, the, the sparking of the spark went in his hand and out his big, big toe. toe. You know, if it enters, it has to go somewhere. So it went yeah. out his big toe and just destroyed it. <sighs> it blew up his the end of his big toes. Sorry, but so it was right outside our our compound our yard. Mm -hmm. And so they come running to me saying, Mama Hobson, Mama Hobson, we need your help. And so I was like, what am I supposed to do? So they they came, I went running and found this man. He wasn't even making a sound. No. Not even a whimper, nothing. Mm -hmm. And he must have been, he was a grandpa. I don't know how yeah. old he was, yeah. but pretty old. And um, he, they said, you need to help him. And so I ran back to the house and I got fresh or clean water and I got peroxide. I am not a nurse. I have no idea how to take care of this man. So and he's standing there like he's in no pain. And you know, the man is in tremendous pain, but they didn't show that. That's another thing they just don't show pain. Or emotion much. Emotion. Yeah. So anyway, I cleaned it the best I could. And I said, I am not a nurse. You need to take him to the hospital and he needs to have medical attention. And so I said, just elevate his foot until you get to the hospital. I mean, that's, that was about the best first aid I knew. Mm. And, but, but that was one of those things. No one could have ever told me that, <laughs> that they're going to expect you to be a nurse. Okay. Yeah. They could tell you that, but to actually experience it is another thing. So and I'll tell you one more story. Absolutely. That's why we're <laughs> but, here. Taking all the time. You're not asking any questions. You're I'm sorry. great. You're These doing fine. All right. So we, you know, we didn't have any walls or fences or anything around our, our house. It was kind of, it was village basically. And so um, you were available 24 seven, like it or not. So many times they would need us in the middle of the night and to get your attention, there's no doorbell. They don't knock on the door. They say, Oh, D. And Hodi means I'm here. In other words, come come to the door. So in the middle of the night, you're in Hodi. And you wait for Hodi. And it happened quite often. So this one particular night, Hodi. So this thing is about three in the morning. So I go to the back door and I open it. And, and there were like four or five men standing there. And they said, Mr. Hobson, we, we need your vehicle. Um, our friend, uh, she's, she's going to have a baby and she needs to go to the hospital. And I said, oh, okay, well, let me you know, get dressed and uh, just wait here. So went and told Delight what was going on and I got my clothes on and I wasn't in a particularly big hurry. I was just getting dressed. And, and so it went out there and it was just, I think it was a double cab pickup, an old Toyota, get in it and some people got in the back and some people got in the back seat. And so we're, and the roads were indescribably horrific. You could not describe uh. how bad they were. So they were so bad, sad note. I was driving one time, you know, bouncing along, trying to drive and to get home. And there was this little girl who was probably about seven or eight years old jogging past our vehicle and I was driving. That's how bad the road. <laughs> so, so now I'm going to take this. We're going to go and drive with these men, and we went over to. And that's where, one woman. And we drove over to where she was, and she, two other ladies, also came out with her, kind of helping her. 
and Nate got in the back seat, all the three ladies, uh, a friend of mine from the press was in the front seat I was driving and the other rest of the women got in the back. So we proceed to town. Now town's about five-ish miles away and with the roads that bad, you just don't go very fast. And I knew the lady was, you know, gonna have a baby. So I was going pretty slow, taking my time, not trying to bounce her around anything. And, and, uh, and she's in the middle and she's holding on to the seat and, and she's going, kind of whimpering a little bit. And the two ladies on her side were, were kind of touching her and saying, way, 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 which means you. But what they were saying was, calm down. <laughs> you know, don't make so much noise. She's having a baby. Yeah, but they were telling her, calm down. So I'm driving along and then pretty soon the guy next to me says, uh, Kenneth, uh, could you drive a little faster? <laughs> and uh, I said, oh, really? And she, he said, yeah, please drive a little faster. So I start driving a little faster and it's getting a little rougher and then finally get to this sort of main road and we go to town to this horrible clinic and it's the middle of the night. We drive up and we, we stop and then everybody jumps out of the car and they help her into the building. And so everyone, the only people that were left were me and my friend were standing next to the car. And within probably three minutes, we hear, <laughs> so I almost had a baby delivery in my car, about three minutes more. And it would have, so that's why he said, you can drive a little faster. <laughs> so that was a real cool experience. Another missionary told me, well, he actually had a baby delivered in his car when he was taking somebody to the hospital. They just waited to the last second when the baby was coming to ask for help to go to the hospital. <laughs> New life indeed. Um, yeah. I was going to go back to that, um, the cultural difference about relationships and um, thinking about the gospel and, and how a lot of times we think the gospel is about the words and the words we say and the words we preach, but so much of it is we have to teach how to have a relationship with God. You see that in this culture, um, the, the cultures that you've been a part of in Africa, that that preaching a relationship with Jesus and a relationship with God, the creator and the Holy Spirit, do you see that maybe a little bit of that barrier is gone, that it's a little easier to to preach a relationship with a God like this? Yes, I, I certainly do because of that, that high, high, um, what's that word? Um, just the enormity of a relationship with God and with a man and with, and, and, or with a, another person. And so forgiveness is easy for them because they want to be forgiven and they want to forgive. And when knowing they see that God forgives us um, and of our sins and as, as easy as God forgives the most vile sin of you and me in the world, if they find that concept or that reality of God forgiving us easy, because they want to do the same thing. And even if somebody really does something horrible and, or mistreats them or whatever, they, they just forgive them. 
it's, it, it was incredible to me. We, uh, we, we had some wonderful, wonderful friends that are lovely people of God that just uh, lived out their faith and showed us that life can be slower and there are much more important things in life than things. Mm. It's people, love, forgiveness, care, uh, spending time together, those kinds of things that, that uh, God really showed us a different world that we had never lived in. And uh, I always told people when we came back, I wish, I wish somehow we could mesh these two cultures together and take American culture, the good things about American culture and the good things about uh, East African culture and make another place. <laughs> It would be so good. <laughs> that, that's what I was going to say. It sounds like there's a lot we could learn from that culture. That's yeah. that's incredible. I mean, you know, uh, we, we're so materialistic. Everything is ours. I earned this. I worked hard for this. I I deserve this. You know, and 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 this concept of forgiveness. You know, we 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 Americans can really hold a grudge, can't we? And um, yeah. it's just, uh, man, that's <laughs> something we can learn. I was going to ask, um, thinking of the gospel, um, you know, maybe the relationship aspect is a little easier to communicate that. What are some barriers um, that folks who are part of this culture have to receiving the gospel? Oh. I think probably culture. I mean, they're culture differences are so like ritual kind of things. Um, they, they're so, it's so ingrained because, you know, a lot of people grow up in the, in the village or a, a grandparent maybe raises them or, you know, that influence. And so that culture is very important to move down, you know, through their life. And even as even Christians, I mean, there's things, there's things that are fun about the culture. Like when a bride and groom gets married, they have a, a kind of an engagement party. It's called a kwanjula. And the kwanjula has all these requirements of the groom. Like he has to bring a, a hoe and he has to bring a broom and he has to bring, you know, however many cows or goats or whatever that they've chosen for the bride. And, you know, bride price is still big. And they have to bring all of these things, sugar, beans, rice, you know, all kinds of stuff. And he has to bring it and present it to the bride's parents and her uncles, not the aunts, the uncles. (laughs) And then together they all decide um, how much money or how many cows or how many goats, whatever. And so every part of that whole process is there something connected to it? Mm. And um, and so I, a friend of the, the man that works for Kenneth, he got married here here in, mm. in Uganda. Uganda. He got married um, a year and plus ago. December. And um, we were like, you know, you're Christians now. You're Christians. Both families are Christians. And so do you need to do all of that? And they were like, oh, yes. There's no way of getting away from it and so I said well you know you don't have a lot of money is it possible to do the quandula and the wedding at the same time you know so that you're 
you're doing, I mean, it's the quandula is basically a civil marriage. According to their civil law, they would be married. But according to Christians, they need to be married by a pastor. And so I said, why can't you do both at the same time, you know, and then save the money? And there was just no way to do that. And so those are just the fun things about cultural differences. But there's some things that are so ingrained in them that it's very difficult for them to, re to reach. And I don't know exactly what's different, but, but like witch doctors mm -hmm. is very prevalent here in, in probably most of Africa, but at least East Africa, they're very prevalent. And it's very difficult for them to choose to go to a doctor instead of a witch doctor first, because that's just part of life. And now, the more deeper in the village Yeah, the deeper are. in the village they are. I mean, also clinics are few and far between when they're out in the village. And so if someone, if they, if they have a good reputation, the witch doctor has a good reputation in the community, then they might go to that witch doctor before they ever go somewhere else. And then people end up dying because obviously the witch doctor is not a doctor <laughs> and um, and then they're they're distraught and you know it's just that kind of thing um I remember back in Tanzania I remember you saw the little baby with the thing around its waist yeah and you asked someone you yeah know, she had this little baby had a uh, like a beads, or beads of, of a belt around their waist and I thought you know what is that and um, so one of, I think it was my houseworker told me, I asked her what it, what it was. Why would a baby have beads, like a necklace, but around their waist, a belt kind of thing out of beads. And they said, that's to keep evil spirits away. And I thought- This was in the church. And yeah, this was a, this was a woman that brought her baby to the church. And um, I thought well, maybe it was to hold the diaper up or something. I had no idea, you know, and, and but- that's what she said. It was to keep the evil spirits away. And so there's there's a lot of that cultural stuff, even within the church. Um, in Tanzania, the men and women had to sit on opposite sides of the church. In Uganda, they don't do that. But in Tanzania, men and women were not supposed to mix in church. So, you know, and every part of probably every country in Africa has a different way of doing things. Um, but that's just what we've we've noticed um, as some of the biggest cultural things. And that's difficult for them to let those go Very um, difficult. when, when it's, they're grow, they grow up with it as tradition. And, and, and yet um, I, I know that there, you know, you talked about some, some positive cultural things that, um, that they exhibit as well. Um, yes. how, there, there's got to be some sort of a balance that you have to find to bring Jesus to these cultures and still uh, respect their individual cultures. In, in, in other words, uh, bring Jesus to them, but um, not an Americanized Jesus. Do you, you know where yeah. I'm going with that? Yeah. Um, so that's it's all about the relationship. You can't, you can't reach someone with, for Je with Jesus or Jesus without having a relationship with that person. People try, but... They're not going to get anywhere without building a relationship first. So. What kind of uh, projects are you excited about coming up? What's on uh, your future horizon? Or are you guys well, going to lock down because of the pandemic and such? We, we are in a kind of a semi-lockdown, but it's really not in lockdown. 
compared to what it was a few weeks ago. So we kind of feel like there isn't a lockdown. We're supposed to wear masks everywhere and and, uh, and and there's a curfew at seven till five thirty a.m. and and uh, some other limitations about travel. Um, so many people in a vehicle or on a taxi or in a taxi. Um, but in the and and it has affected um, it, it's affected movement and things. So that in that respect, it has affected a little bit how much work we've done in the print shop. We're still sort of busy, but we're working on some wonderful stuff. We just um, delivered, which has been a challenge because a taxi is a 14 passenger van. They call it a taxi. And we use taxis to put our materials on and deliver to different parts of Uganda. And we need to, we needed to deliver, we printed 1500 books of the, of the book of Acts in the Ndrulo language which there are other 40 or 50 languages spoken in Uganda. And so um, we, we just finished that, delivered it this week. Um, we've printed some seven different COVID posters, uh, large posters, trying to teach uh, about a hundred posters, each of these seven different languages all over Uganda. And so we've just put those on, on a, uh, some taxis and had them delivered. And, uh, and then we're working on a Christian curriculum now. There's, a, there's some missionaries running a Christian school up in Gulu, which is northern Uganda. And they have uh, a, a Christian school called Roots to Fruits. And we've been printing their Christian curriculum for a number of years. COVID really affected them terribly because the schools are still closed. At least 90 to 95% of them are still closed. Um, but this, they're trying to uh, survive in this, uh, this Christian school. So we're bringing up that curriculum and it's 100% Christian curriculum, which is just like 1% of the curriculums printed in this country is all Christian and this is 100% Christian. So we're working on that currently and we're waiting on a, a few other books for SIL or uh, Wycliffe Bible Translators. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They translate God's word in hundreds of languages all over oh, the world. Yeah. Wonderful organization. Um, so for them, but uh, that's some of the things I'm working on, <laughs> which I'm always excited about. I'm not jumping all over the place, but inside, believe me, my heart's beating and thanking <laughs> God I can print the gospel in whatever language uh, he'll let me. One of the things that... Um with the schools being closed, the churches are also closed and yeah. they are closed, closed, closed. Yeah. And we're not supposed to even have more than 20 people gathered in one place. So um, we, since we've been back, actually, we had been wanting to start this ministry. Um, and it's a, just a praise and worship and self-reflection time, just quiet, you know, music um, and people can just come and it starts at a certain time. It's actually starting at 5.22 p.m. because we're using Galatians 5.22 as kind of our theme verse. That's awesome. And yeah, that's- So that's we're calling it 5.22. And so the music starts at 5.22 and then it goes until 6.30 because seven o'clock is curfew. So they have to have that time to get home. And um, we didn't do it during the full lockdown because curfew was- uh, 
nobody was supposed to be out of their gates. So we, we had to wait until we could actually get the curfew lifted a little bit. So um, I'm really excited about it uh, because, because church is closed, you know, we just need, <laughs> we need something. Yes. And Kenneth and I both, our, our Devo time, our, our personal, you know, quiet time with Jesus has, has grown so much because of no church. And, um, you know, they have, they have church or they have preaching on, on, Online. online or they have it Some on the, on the radio and things like that but we just felt like there was something missing and um so this is something that we started and tonight was the first night that we actually did it and so we only had a few people show up which is fine where two or more gathered that yeah. he's there yeah. and i really i really felt like it was a good time of just yeah. i miss it we did this in in the states too um at our home church it was just after the churches started to open up and we were in the states and so i asked our elders i go to the Cumberland presbyterian church a good trilla presbyterian church yeah and that's our home church when we're in the states yeah. and so i just went to the elders and i said is it okay if i do this i mean we're not using the church except for on sunday everything else has been you know postponed or canceled or until the later date and so they were like yeah that sounds great and so we we were doing this kind of thing on thursdays uh thursdays no that was some wednesdays i don't remember <laughs> anyway it was during the week sometime and um so i just felt like the lord was wanting me to do it here as well and so that tonight was our first night and so i'm really excited to see how he grows this and it is unusual for Ugandans to come into a service and not be dancing and jumping around mm. and you know the their concept of worship is completely different yeah, than very charismatic yeah very very charismatic and so to just come in quietly and sit before the Lord and just worship in your heart is a very different concept to them and so I'm just excited to see how this works and or how it grows or how it what it morphs into who knows one of the guys that came tonight last earlier in the week when i was telling about it he said oh you're going to start a church and i said well no no <laughs> this is just a <laughs> this is just a time to be um be personal with jesus and that's what uh that was the point of it so i'm really excited about that um i do the baking ministry and so I've had several orders this week, yeah. um, and so things are starting to pick up in the baking realm as well. That sounds awesome. It looks like you've got some really great opportunities to make more relationships and continue doing the things that, um, I mean, I can look at your faces. I, I wish people could look at your yes, faces as you're we're just recording glowing. this. I mean, they're glowing. <laughs> they're, you are. It's the light. It's the light. <laughs> The light of God, yes. Yeah, amen. You got halos going on. <laughs> was this? Oh, this was uh, not this time, but I guess our last term here when they had locked us down one of those times, and and uh, and so we Leonard who works with me in the print shop, we said, well, let's take advantage of this downtime because we're people stop. Uh, ordering because we can't get the materials to them so we started cleaning the shop and i remembered somebody had given me a box full of tracks 
and uh, and I came upon that box and I said, Larry, we've got a box full of tracks here. We can, what we're going to do tomorrow when you come is we're going to walk down our gate and go to the, down to the bottom of the kind of a main road and we're going to hand tracks out because everybody's walking and, uh, and there really weren't cars supposed to be on the road. There were a few cars that passed us that day, but, but uh, so he, he stood on one side and, and masks were kind of new at that point. So we were both wearing masks and uh, Ugandans don't like masks. They like to see each other. I guess Americans do too, but, but we were wearing masks and, uh, and handing out tracks and everybody wanted the tracks. I don't know what you know about what you think about Americans when you try to do that, but <laughs> the majority of people will not even look at you or take that track from you. But here it was just the opposite. So we had this, we had, you know, bags full of tracks we brought down and, and we're, we're handing out tracks and people, the few cars that would drop, uh, drive by, most of them would stop and say, what are you doing? And well, we're having, uh, God loves you. You know, we're going to, we're handing out tracks. I forget what we were saying, but, but I was, I was telling them Jesus loves you. And, and I've, I've got a message for you. Yeah, I'll take that. Sure. Hmm. And, um, so we handed them out and just, I don't know how long it was an hour or two, but we were very, pretty much empty handed, but there were a few people that would not take our tracks and all of those people who would not take our tracks. Where were those people from outside of Uganda? They were foreigners. They were either from America or Europe or Australia or China or whatever. Those were the people who would not take the tracks. But all the Ugandans, some of them even came back and said, can I have more? Wow. Can I have, can you take two or three? Um, so what a difference in Western culture and African culture. They're very well They're hungry. Yeah, they, they're very hungry. Well, they're hungry here, but just don't know it. Yes. You know? Amen. You are exactly spot I mean, we're, on. We're starving over here, and uh, we're malnourished here in, in this country. We're filling our bellies with things that do not satisfy. Yeah, we're yes. binge watching. We have a shows lot of stuff we can fill our bellies with. Yeah, we got our, yeah. you know, we got our cell phones, and we're always, you know, checking our Facebooks and and things like that, and and um, you know, uh, climbing corporate ladders and trying to 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 make money and 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 make something out of our lives. And and uh, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, there's a lot that we could learn um, from from the culture that you're in. We're learning a lot we're every day. I mean, we've been here, we've been in Africa since 1997. So 20, still learning many years, 20, whatever that is, <laughs> 24 years. And we still learn every day. Mm. Um, you know, we make blunders even after all these years and we make cultural blunders and we make relationship blunders and, you know, and, and we just keep hoping that we can continue to make a difference, even if it's in a small, yes. small way. Um, so. And we have some dear, dear friends here. Oh my goodness, we have such close friends um, that love us and we love them. And uh, that's, I mean, that aren't, you know, 
a brother and sister or uncle or aunt or mom or dad. It's just their friends, mm. and their, their family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I miss them a lot when we're, when we're in these things. We're running short on time. Is there anything that else that you wanted to share with us before we uh, end our time together? I, I want to thank you guys so much for joining us. And, and those of you who are listening, you know, I, I know that the audio uh, is, is, is not perfect, but I mean, we're talking to Uganda here. This is, <laughs> this is amazing to me. You know, I, I, even, even 10 years ago, we wouldn't be able to do this. Uh, so no. uh, it's, it's yeah. amazing that we're able to do this. But um, is, is there anything that you guys would like to share with us, uh, you know, just as we kind of close out? Well, I'm, I was thinking we're, I mean, we're all looking at each other. You're on the other side of the world from each other, but we're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ living for him yeah. and ministering in his name. And we're in this, you know, fight for, for Jesus' sake together. And God gives us and calls us in different ways but he, he uses us. You know, we're finite beings who make mistakes, and, and uh, I wish it wasn't that way, but, but we're willing, all of us, to be used yeah. by him in our churches, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our supermarkets. And, it, and, and geographically, we're in different places, but I've always said it doesn't matter where God calls me as long as he can use me. And I really thank both of you for allowing God to use you, you know, for obeying him and fighting the good fight in, a, in, in your pastoral roles. You know, God bless you because those <laughs> positions of ministry, I am so glad God did not call me to be a pastor <laughs> because it's so difficult it's so difficult, especially in America. Well, it's you know, funny. I feel the same way about being people. a missionary. So, <laughs> well, I really thank him that he that he called me to East Africa because I would much rather do this. I love what I'm doing here, but to be a pastor in America, oh God, has to bless you with with His grace and help because it's a it's a hard hard ministry. So thank you know, you and, and for here's your what well, both of you. and thank you for your kind words, and and, and this I, I want to tag on to what what Delight said. Um, listen, I make blunders too, and 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 now Dusty, she's perfect. Um, she doesn't make any blunders. She's just absolutely perfect with her church and does all the right things. And oh, you um, should have heard my sermon on Sunday. I totally was self-deprecating and airing all my dirty laundry. <laughs> so that is definitely not true. But what I <laughs> So what I'm getting at is it, what's amazing to me is that God chooses to use us in our humanness. God, yeah. God has called you, uh, Delight and Kenneth, into the mission field because God knew that that's where you'd be the happiest, where you would be best uh, utilized. You know, God has called me and, uh, and, and Dusty. God's God called Dusty into her church because, you know, she's just good at that. And, and we're still trying to figure yeah. out why God put me in this place. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. But, um, but, but, but the, 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 the main point is we all, we're human. And, and yet the Holy Spirit yeah. still chooses 
to use us as as hands and feet amen. of God. Amen. 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 Yeah. I I enjoy this time with you guys and and um Dusty, I think we need to, you know, have them over again sometime soon uh, into our virtual studio and uh, and ha hear more stories. And um, I, I, I will tell you, um, and, and I bet I could speak for Dusty, too. When you're back, in, when you're back stateside, uh, you have pulpits here. Uh, you guys are welcome to come and speak for us, uh, for our congregations. And um, we would love to have only... Only under one condition, and and that's that's the light. If if you bring some of your your uh, goodies, your baked goods, I can do that. <laughs> we spoke at a college in in um, Kentucky at Asbury University. Oh yeah, and I brought I brought chocolate chip cookies and oh. snickerdoodles for every one of the students that was oh, in the service that we spoke at. So I, I can do that. She that. will do that. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a deal here too. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so people, again, and we, we talked about this the first time we visited, and uh, I want to also mention it again here, too. Um, besides prayers, because we know that you can always use prayers, and that's a given. We're going to do that, and we're going to yeah. encourage our listeners to, to keep praying for you and your ministry and those that you're working with and all that. Um, how else can people support you? How can they find you online? How can they financially help you? Um, all that good stuff. Um, I am on Facebook, like Hobson on Facebook. Uh, we also have the Hobson Ministry on Facebook. And then I'm also on Instagram, Mama Hobson 3. And then I just started a new Instagram just for my for my ministry, uh, which is called Delights Homemade Goodness. And um, so you can find me there. Uh, but that's just keeping up with the baked things that you might want to get hungry for. Who mm. knows? Um, or you can tell me what I should bring when we come to your church. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, there, there's always ongoing ministry um, needs. And um, if you go to, I'm going to get this wrong, www.wgm.org forward slash Hobson, that shows with World Gospel Mission what we're doing and it gives an opportunity to to um to to give online give online yeah online. but i mean going through the missions ministry team team in cordova if uh there are a lot of Cumberland presbyterians churches and sunday schools and individuals that support our ministry that that uh, send their support to cordova on them uh every month and then they just earmark the check hobson's uganda and then every month uh, every penny of that almost said shilling. Every penny of that <laughs> is forwarded to us, so they can do that if they like. Thank you again for being with us. God bless you. Our prayers are with you. So thankful to be a part of this, and and thank you for uh, allowing me to ask some questions and to listen to your answers. Thank you, Dusty, and thank you, Dave. You guys are an inspiration to us. All for Jesus. <laughs>